0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace. Thank you for the way uh, that you have saved us in every single way. Thank you for the way that you continue to save us, uh, that we are continuously washed clean by the blood of the Lamb, that we are saved from ourselves, uh, that we're saved from a broken world, that we set our feet uh, not on the shifting sands of this world and on things of the flesh, but instead on the solid rock of Christ and what he means to us. Uh, Lord, help us be people that, that do pant for you, that, uh, uh, that search for you in every way so that you can fill us more and more. Let our souls be filled with you in every single way. And Lord, we ask that you would bless us this morning as we lift up our praise and our worship uh, to you. Lord, we also ask that you be with Saint St. Peter's, uh, Peter's Episcopal Church this morning. And the Reverend Bert Betts, as he brings the message this morning, that you would speak the gospel of Jesus Christ through him, uh, that they would be filled with your Holy Spirit in that place too, that your Holy Spirit would work and translate what he's being said into the hearts of the men and women that are there, and through that they would go out into this world and make a difference in your kingdom. Lord, we ask the same for us, uh, that we would be people moved and empowered by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we're also just mindful this morning of... uh, our sister Ann Parrish and her family. Uh, Sister Ann, who passed away this past weekend, who had been a faithful servant of yours for so, so long. And Lord, we rejoice in her uh, reward. And at the same time, we mourn the loss of those that love her dearly. And so, Lord, we would ask that you would uh, comfort them, her loved ones and her family. And Lord, at the same time, uh, that she would be uh, rejoicing in seeing you face to face. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it is good to be with you this morning. I am thankful to be here. I am excited about this weekend. I'm excited about cold weather. I'm excited it's going to get cold tonight. I got chili ready to make tomorrow. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I think that's a Texas thing. It's required by law. As soon as it gets under 50 degrees, you must make chili. So uh, I hope that you all join me in that. That's in the book of Leviticus, if you want to look that up. (laughs) You can find that. Uh, It's an important... Uh, uh, time in the history of this church. If you are new with us, uh, you heard Doug give an update. We're in the middle of visioning this church. We're trying to figure out what is God's way for us? What is he wanting to lead us to? How can we be more his people? How can we better live out what it means to be followers of Christ and to be his hands and to be his feet in this world? And we know that the way to do that is to ask him. We want to listen to him. We want him to guide us. And so we're spending this time in this asking phase for God. And I know it's hard sometimes, and I want to keep mentioning to those of us that are destination-oriented people, it's sometimes hard to travel while we ask where we're traveling. That's hard. It's like getting in the car and going, as we start heading north up on 35, we're going to decide where we're going. It's hard to be able to do that. But that is the way of Christ. That is the call of him to go drop your nets and you come follow me. And as you come, you will be changed. As you follow, as you look to me, I will show you more and more what it looks like to be a follower of me. You'll be changed in your mind and in your heart and in your soul. And so that's what we're doing. As we walk with the Lord, we are seeking to walk with the Lord and where he's taking us. So uh, that's an important part of what we're doing. And through this, we've been talking a lot. How do you listen? How do you listen to God? How do you let him guide you? And so in particular, over the last several weeks, we've been doing a, a study on the Holy Spirit. And how do you know when the Holy Spirit's talking to you? Well, one of the things you need to do is you need to be able to re- recognize the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to start for the next few weeks on the fruit of the Spirit. And this is probably something that you've uh, experienced before, but I want us in particular to look at this according to what we're trying to do as a church as we look at how God can lead us. And so we're going to spend some time on the fruit of the Spirit over these next few weeks. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about this battle that goes on. If you recall, right before it talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit, there's this battle that goes on between the flesh and the Spirit. There's this battle that's happening between the flesh and the Spirit that Paul talks about. And we want to be aware of that. We want to be able to combat that. We want to make sure that we are uh, on the side of the Spirit in this battle that goes on. And Paul talks about that in Galatians 5. So we're going to read Galatians 5, 22 through 26 right now. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, then let us follow the Spirit as well. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. That's the word of the Lord. I want to mention that a couple of weeks ago, again, uh, we went through uh, the scripture right before this that talks about the works of the flesh. And so it makes sense that you talk about the deeds of the flesh, and then what's going to happen is you're going to talk about the deeds of the Spirit, right? you got to have this balance. you got to talk about this is what not to do. So today we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and this is what you are supposed to do. It's like uh, the the force in Star Wars, right? You got the light and you got the dark, and you got to make sure that you have both of those things together. And so, what happens with this a lot of times is we start looking at the fruit of the spirit, and what we want to do is we want to contrast these different actions, and to go these are the actions of the flesh, and this must be the actions of the flesh of the fruit, fruit of the spirit, the things of the spirit. And so, we have these, and we understand they're in contrast, but I don't think we always understand where they come from. And what they look like. And so we're going to spend the next couple of weeks on that. But I want to remind you, if we can, of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago in these, these deeds, these acts of the flesh. This is what Paul warns us against in, in Galatians five nineteen through 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immoral, immorality impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I have forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he got these compare and contrast, right? A few weeks ago we went, these are the acts of the spirit, these are the acts of the flesh, and now he's saying this is the fruit of the spirit. And the problem is what often happens with us is we go, well, these are two lists of behaviors. And what we need to do is jettison one behavior, and we need to grab another behavior. Well, the problem with this is, you know, even the idea of jettisoning the behavior, you look at some of that and you go, the witchcraft, that's no problem. I've gotten rid of that, don't do that anymore, the idolatry, the carousing, maybe those sort of things. But you look at some of them, even like envy and like uh, 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 selfish ambition, things like that, and you go, we, we won't ever be able to get those things completely out of our lives. But the idea here is that what we'll do is we'll jettison one form of behavior and we will take on another one. The problem is this is not two lists of behaviors, one good, one bad. But I would tell you that's what most religions and even a lot of people that get confused with following Christ think about. Is this religious idea of going, I must get rid of the bad, and then what I must do is the good. And when I do that, then I've fulfilled what I'm supposed to be. But it's really interesting, the fruit of the Spirit, they're not commands. He doesn't tell you to go do anything. He doesn't tell you to obey anything. This is not a list of things to do. And it's not a road map for success. And and living, how to live a great life, it's a description. The idea is this is a description, but it's not a description of what you must do, of what you must take on in the future. As a matter of fact, this is not really looking forward at all of what you must do. This is actually kind of looking backwards. There's There's a huge difference in this. And sometimes in our natural fleshly ways, we get this confused. Let me give you, let me give you just an example. I want to uh, get you an example of how this is not about what you should go achieve. Instead, this is a description. Maybe you looking back a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need some help for this one. So I picked out one of the smartest people I know. So uh, Miracle, would you come up here and help me with something? Now, I didn't tell her ahead of time. I told her that I was going to invite her up here, but I didn't tell her what I'm going to ask her. So, uh, we're, we're hoping she, you're going to do fine. She's one of the smartest people and the sweetest people I know. So, I, I got some questions for you. Would you come up here and help me real quick? I want to show you how this sometimes works. Oh, look at that. You didn't even do anything yet, and you got applause. Is this all? There we go. All right, come right over here if you would. I want to show you something. So, i got this nice big bowl of fruit right here, okay? So, I'm going to ask you some questions, and I promise these aren't trick questions. You're going to do great. We'll start with this one. What is this? That is an apple. That's very good. You have got that. That's right. And what is this? An orange. That's an orange. You're doing wonderful. You're doing great with this. What are these? Bananas. Bananas. Okay, you're doing great. This is good. Now this is going to get a little bit harder, but I think you're going to do fine. Can you tell me what kind of tree this came from? An apple tree. Came from an apple tree. Have you ever seen the apple tree that this particular apple came from? No. No, but you do know that it came from an apple tree. How do you know that? Because I know that apples come from the trees. Apples come from apple trees. That's right. That's exactly right. You're doing wonderful. You're doing wonderful here. Everybody's learning a lot, and this is wonderful. Now, let me ask you this. That apple tree that this apple came from that you've never even seen before, it was planted a long time ago. What did they use to plant that apple tree with? A seed. What kind of seed was it? It was an apple. Did you see that seed? No. But how do you know it was an apple seed? Because if they wanted an apple tree, they're going to want to have an apple seed. If you want an apple tree and eventually apples, you want to plant an apple seed. That's, you're, doing, you're doing wonderful here. Let me ask you this. If I had a whole grove of apple trees, can I get oranges from that? No. No, that's not going to work, is it? I can't just switch and go, this year it was apples, next year I want uh, oranges. Can, can I get bananas from that? No. No, I can't do that. Because what comes from apple trees? Apples. Perfect. You did a wonderful job. As, as a reward here, you get to have this apple. Thank you so much. You did a great job. <laughs> do, do you see what was able to You did wonderful. Thank you, Miracle. That was, and like I said, I did not tell her what I was going to ask her. I just go, come up here. I'm going to ask you some questions. You're such a great sport and wonderful. I love you to death. So the idea here is that what you can do is you can see from the fruit the things that have happened in the past. She looked back into the past without seeing the tree, without seeing the seed, without seeing the planter. One of the things that she knows is that from looking at that apple, there was a tree. There was a seed. There has to be. Because what this is, is evidence of something that has occurred, something that is present. That's one of the things that is so important for for us. This comes from that. And when we start talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you need to understand, this is the idea of us going, these fruit of the Spirit, one, all of these things that are one singular thing, are the result of something that exists. It's the evidence that something is there, even if you have not seen it with your own eyes, right? It's the idea of uh, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? If you see smoke, you know there's a fire. Why? Because that's what fires make. There's going to be smoke. You don't even have to actually see the fire. You know that there is. I'll tell you another one that's been interesting for me as the result of the evidence. Around our house lately in the mornings when I get up, I go outside, I step on the back porch, there's been a smell, okay, and it's very clear what it is. It's a skunk, okay? I know what a skunk smells like. I have not seen the skunk, but the smell is the evidence of the presence of a skunk. Do you understand I am able to observe the fruit of his presence. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I'm able to see that. And from that, I realize that there's something there that is producing that. This is what we're talking about when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. This is evidence of something. It's the result of a life in the Spirit is those things that we've just mentioned. It will be there if you are living in the Spirit. Now, by contrast, if you are not in the Spirit, if you are not walking by the Spirit, if you're not following the Spirit, if you're not listening to the Spirit of God, then these things will be absent. They will not be growing in you. They will not be occurring in you. And usually when that's happening, it's for a couple of things. One is because we don't understand. We misunderstand exactly what the fruit of the Spirit is. Or the other one is we just don't belong to the Spirit. We're not walking with Him. Living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, these are the things that will result. Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Now, it's important for me to remind you again, when I say living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, I'm talking about God, okay? I want to make sure the way that we refer to this, the way we talk to this is not a mysterious force. This is God. This is the Spirit of our living God and His Son, Jesus In our lives, making these things occur, it's God. So this is the evidence of the presence of the Spirit in your life. But here's the problem. In our human sort of fleshly thinking in this world, we don't see them oftentimes as evidence of something. Instead, what we often do is we look at this list of the fruit of the Spirit and we go, this is actually the secret formula to a great life. These are the things that you must acquire. These are the things that you must get, believer or not. You can picture people in the world going, to have those things, you need to go and you need to find them and you need to acquire these things. These are the things that I want. They're desirable. That's one of the things about fruit is of all of the things on the tree, the fruit is the most desirable. It looks the best. It tastes the best. It's the sweetest. And so when we look at a list and it says, this is the fruit of the Spirit, we say, I want that. These are the things that I must have to have a good life. And maybe we think of them as abilities or we think of them as accomplishments. But we think of them often as these are the things that I must go and get. It's a complete shopping list of all the things necessary for a great life. Right? I mean, if you were to even go out into the world, you could take this list and then go, Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I want. I want a life filled with love and joy and peace and patience Kindness and goodness. I want all of those things. So I want to go get them, and I want to go acquire these things so that I might have the life that I so desire. I think that is the greatest tragedy of our world right now is this desire to have all of these things. And so what we do is we go and seek to grab them so that we can live this life that we so desperately want. And we try to go and acquire them through our own efforts. That is this battle of the flesh And the Spirit, it's not so much that the flesh wants evil things and the Spirit wants good things. The problem is that in the flesh, we try to grab even the good things. And we take the good things and we make them ultimate things. And what happens is we realize there's a battle between flesh and Spirit, but what we don't understand is how this battle is fought. This is not a fleshly battle. It's a battle of Spirit. And it takes place in the Spirit. You cannot overcome it with acts of the flesh. It must be had in the spirit. You ever heard the old phrase about bringing a gun to a knife fight? That's the old thing: or bringing a knife to a gunfight. That's the opposite, right? I almost got that one backwards. There you go. Kind of messed that up there. Yeah, the idea of bringing a knife to a gunfight is to go. You are woefully under-equipped to win this battle. And so when we do, when we look at the fruit of the Spirit and we go, I will go grab these through my own effort, what's happening here is you're going to fight a losing battle because you're working with the flesh in a battle in the Spirit. So here's how this usually happens. This is how we battle in the flesh for this, is we do one of two things. We go, number one, I'll change my circumstances, the world around me, because there's something wrong with the world around me. And that's how I will have these things that are the fruit of the Spirit. So number one, I will change the world around me because I realize it's broken. So I'm going to change the world around me, the circumstances. Number two is I'll change me because I realize there's something wrong with me. And once I change me, then I will have these things and they will be part of my life. And that's typically what religion does to us in a lot of ways. Today, we're just going to talk about the first one, about changing your circumstances. So in other words, making this world around you Something that allows you to have this fruit of the Spirit. It's a way to go get it and to acquire it. This is typically what our world says. If you want these things in your life, love, joy, peace, and patience. And like I said, pretty much everybody does. Who doesn't want those, right? I mean, it doesn't list power and riches that some people want to go after in this world, but typically what happens is after a long time of pursuing power and riches, people start finding out, I have no love and joy and peace, and they jettison those things, and they have come to find the things that really matter are are these things that are listed in the fruit of the Spirit. And so I'm going to go get them. I'm going to collect them, and I'm going to have them. I can consume them. I can go find these things, and I can take them in and make them mine. I desperately want all of them. And so in our natural and fleshly way, what we do is I go and search them like a starving person who wants a steak. And then I grab it and I gobble it up. And I think that these are the things that will provide this fruit of the Spirit in my life. I go find it and I bring it into me, into my world. I have to make my world to this place that allows me to have these things. So we work to attain them, and we search for them like there's this great quest, right? It's like Indiana Jones and the nine fruits of the spirit that he must go find, right? Or it's like uh, uh, the the horcruxes. You got to go. There's your Harry Potter fans, for those of y'all. You know that. You got to go find the horcruxes, right? I realized there was seven, and this is nine. I don't want to hear anything after church about that, Okay. (laughs) But it's even the way that we talk about finding these things, when you list the fruit of the Spirit, even the way that we talk about it in our world, think about this for a second, is we use phrases like this in the search for love. I'm searching for this, right? I'm trying to find my peace. I'm struggling to have patience. I'm working very hard to try and be kind. I'm striving and spinning and toiling to have self-control. We look at these like these are things that we can go and we can find, we can work for, we can collect, we can gather. If we uncover them, then they'll be ours. And the life that we always wanted will be there. So what we do is we control our surroundings in our world. We say, if you'll just control the things around you, your world, make it this place to where you can have these things. All of the things that affect me, I want to have control of them. And i build this world around me where I can have these things that are listed as the fruit of the Spirit. See, the world says that you can have it. It's kind of like this. The world says, hey, if you want love, everybody does. Everybody wants love. So here's what you do. You go and you find someone who makes me feel loved. Someone who gives me the butterflies when I first meet them and when I hold their hand. Someone that adores me. And when I find them, I'll have love. And then I want joy And so I'll find things that make me happy. I'll find this job that I really enjoy. Or I'll find a hobby that I really enjoy. And then I'll have joy in my life. And I want peace. So I find a house that makes me feel peaceful. Or I find a job that provides enough money for me. I get a bank account that makes me feel secure. And now I have peace. And I want patience. So what I do is I go on the search to surround myself with people who agree with me people who see things the same way that I do, who vote the way that I do. And I surround my people with people, surround myself with people who think like me, and I jettison and get rid of the folks that drive me nuts. And that's how I find patience. I want kindness. So I go find people who will treat me kindly in the way that I want to be treated. And then I return that. It's a reciprocal thing. And now I've got kindness in my life. I want goodness. So what I do is I work hard to be good, to be a virtuous person, to where when you look at my life, you see more good things than bad things. And and then I've reached it, and I have goodness in my life. I want faithfulness. So I look for somebody who will be faithful to me no matter what, somebody who sees value in me, somebody who won't leave me, somebody who's committed to me. And then I have faithfulness in my life. I want gentleness. So I try to find someone who will treat me gently, especially when I don't deserve it, when I'm behaving badly, and when I'm not acting gently. I want someone who will treat me gently, and I want self-control. So what I do is I get rid of the things around me that drive me nuts. And instead, I get a lot of self-help books trying to work my way through getting self-control. And I stay off Internet I-35 because there's no way in the world that I can keep my control on there. There you go. See, this is the thing that we do, isn't it? It's, I want this fruit of the Spirit. I see this list of things, and they're beautiful and they're wonderful. And so, what I'll do is, I'll create a world where what I can do is get them, and I'll gather them around me. And then I'll have them, right? I just need to find the right people and the right things. The problem is, all of these things that I just mentioned, they're all temporary, they're all of the flesh. Eventually, what will happen is, you can have a breakup, you can lose a job, you can go broke. You can have a friend who betrays you and who hurts you, and you can have stress that overwhelms you. And then what? What do we do then? What happens when these things that we've built around our life let us down? And here's the other thing that you need to know, is it's not just one. They're all connected. That's why it calls it the fruit of the Spirit and not multiple fruits, because you can have one like a domino knock the rest of them down, right? Right? You can lose that job that you love and so it takes your joy and then you don't have any money and that takes your peace and then you're frustrated with it and then you don't have any more kindness. You see how they're all related? I mean, if you really want to look at it, one of the things that you can really see is what happens if we just pursue this idea that if I can find love, if I can find somebody who will love me, then I'll have all of these things. But we know too many people That has fallen apart for them. What happens with the breakup of a marriage or someone that you love, right? I had this love, and now it's love that has been lost. What happens when he or she doesn't make me feel the way that they used to? I don't have butterflies anymore, and I don't feel like I'm the most important person in their life anymore. Over time or circumstances or just age, I'm not as attractive as I once used to be, and they don't love me in the way that they used to, and I've lost that. And then that affects my joy because I'm no longer happy in my marriage. I'm not happy. He doesn't make me happy. She doesn't make me happy. And I've lost my joy. And then I don't have any patience for my spouse because what happens is they've, they've let me down and my expectations for them. And I'm waiting for them to change, and it's not happening, and I lose my patience in that because she needs to change into the person that makes me happy again. And I have no kindness for her anymore anymore because I've got resentment and I've got frustration and it's grown and then my goodness is out the window because I have to protect myself and so I put my money away and I make sure that I'm starting to separate myself and goodness is not the goal anymore protecting myself is this faithfulness I feel like maybe this person hasn't been faithful to me so I don't need to be faithful to them and this form of this breakup and this break in what I envisioned that would give me all of these things begins to happen and then there's no gentleness there's no gentleness in that relationship because i've gotten past the point of being gentle with someone who has hurt me so badly and whom i have hurt so badly and then self control that goes out the window too because really what happens is self becomes in control and i want to feed everything that i can do you see how what we do is we gather these things around us but what happens is eventually they can fail Now, I'll tell you, the world says, no problem. Just change it. As a matter of fact, the the common pop counseling, the idea of you going and getting some help in some ways, there's a lot of counseling that you can get in this that will say, it's the addition or the removal of these outside stimuli will fix your problems. When I go in and go, I'm sad because I've had this breakup, and it's ruined all these things, and they go, no problem. Find somebody else. Replace them. So what we do is we add people and we subtract people and we add activities and we subtract activities. We add food and we subtract food and we add jobs and we subtract jobs and possessions and we do all of these things in the hope that what will happen is this fruit that I so desperately want will be part of my life if I can just order my broken world around me. When we realize we can't ultimately control our surroundings, everything falls apart. Now, don't get me wrong here. Let me stop for a second. I want to make a note. The idea about giving up on people and turning people loose, if you have been part of abuse, that's not what I'm talking about. There are some times you have to jettison some relationships and some people. If abuse is part of that, then you desperately need to make sure that you get out of that. But we also know that that in and of itself, while it needs to occur, is not the thing that gives you peace and and love. The absence of abuse does not fill your life with love, joy, and peace. It's actually more than that. And then what happens when you have some things that you can't cut out, you can't replace? You don't have the ability to go, well, I'll just change this out. When it's illness, when it's loss, when it's death, when it's betrayal, and all these things happen, and you go, I can't change them. I don't know how to change these things. And you realize that love is really more than just romance. And joy is more than happiness. And peace is really more than just financial security. And patience is more than just a filter when I get angry so that I don't say the things I'm already feeling. And goodness is more than just giving to a charity sometimes. That there's all of these things that are much deeper. This is when we realize this is a spiritual battle. And you cannot win this in the flesh. You can't work a fleshly world around to have these things of the Spirit. You cannot attain spiritual fruit through the addition or subtraction of fleshly things. It doesn't work that way. You can't gather and collect these things of the flesh to solve what God says is a spiritual problem. And you may be one of those people who goes, look, I've tried. I try and I try and I try to have these things in my life, to have them define me, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. I've worked and I've tried so hard, but I'm still impatient some of the time. And sometimes I'm unloving and sometimes I'm not joyful. And you think, what can help me overcome the flesh? And you need to know it is not more work of the flesh. You cannot overcome the flesh with more flesh. It is a work of the Spirit It is being filled with the Spirit. It's becoming a new person. It's being filled with it to the point where it pushes all of those other things out. And this is what overflows from you. There's the good news, because I know this has been hard. And you're like, man, this is a bummer, Scott. I mean, all you're doing is telling us what we can't do, what we can't do, what we can't do. Here's the good news, okay? You don't have to go find this. You don't have to go dig and uncover it. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to collect it. And you don't have to gather it. Because these are not things God is asking of you. These are things he wants for you. These are things he's giving to you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness is not your work to go make in your life. It is a gift from God through the Holy Spirit to be there in your life for you to have. And it's not just something you collect from the outside that can fall according to circumstances. It's something that actually comes from inside you. He goes, I don't put these out here for you to go search for and uncover like some sort of weird treasure hunt. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make this inside you. That's why I love that scripture. If we go back to John four thirteen and 14, when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, do you remember the things that he talks about? He goes, hey, will you give me a drink? And she goes, what do you want to drink from me for? And he's talking about the difference in the water. And in verse 13, he says, everyone who drinks this water that you have will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. That's where the fruit of the Spirit happens. It wells up inside of you. So you, you can't go looking for apples. What you got to have is the seed planted within you. And then the apples come. What you have to have is you have to be made new. You have to trust in Christ. You have to be recreated. It's the difference. I've got uh, some land out where I've done some hunting out between Burnett and Lamb out around there. And, and there's two different places that are ponds. Okay, it's like a little pond. One of those re, uh, relies on gathering the rain that falls. When the rain falls, it'll come and it'll slope down and it'll fill up. When the rain doesn't fall like this past summer, empty. Okay, there's nothing there. Now there's another one that's over in another part of the land, and it's in this little place. It's fed by a spring. It stays full. Because it's not dependent on the outside rain that comes. There's something inside of it that continues to fill it up. There's something underneath there beyond what you can see that actually continues to make that grow inside of it. That is what we have. It is not a requirement of Christ for us to go get the fruit of the Spirit. It is a promise that you will have it. I've put this inside of you, Christ says. I've given my Holy Spirit to you. Your job is to listen and to let it grow. And here's the thing you need to know. You may be looking at this and going, man, I got a little bit of this. I don't have a whole lot. We're going to talk more about that next week. Don't worry. This is not something you will master immediately. It is something that will continue to grow in you. And you need to know too, this is not about going, oh, I got to have joy all the time and walk around with this huge grin on my face no matter what's going on, like some sort of idiot. No, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. That's happiness. That's happiness. What we're talking about is a love and a joy and a peace and a patience that cannot be stolen from you because of the circumstances around. They can withstand what happens. They can take that. This is who we are. This is what we want. You cannot build a world where this occurs, but you can have the promise through Christ that is already there. Listen, I want to tell you, if you are a follower of Christ, you need to know That the Holy Spirit lives within you and is seeking to make every one of those that are mentioned grow and get larger and more to overtake your world like a spring that's feeding the pond. If you don't belong to Christ, let me tell you, there is a world out there that is lying to you about how you can have a life filled with love and joy and peace and patience. There's no way to go find it. There's no way to gather enough of it. There's no way where it will be eternal. It will fall according to the things that happen to you. We would love nothing more than to tell you how you get that seed planted within you to where it starts to well up, and it becomes something that can't be taken from you. That's when you give your life to Christ, and this starts to grow inside of you. We would love to tell you more about that. Starting next week, we're going to talk more about how we make this grow inside of us. This is such an important thing, and I think it's really important for us as a church, too, as we become a church that has this growing more and more inside of us. Let's pray, and then we're going to worship for a little while. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we desire more than anything that we would have this fruit that you've mentioned growing inside of us, that we would have this deep well that we would trust, that we would lean into, and because of that, you continue to make more love and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness grow inside of us and it's not something that we search for to put in us instead it is something that you make that comes out of us it is the it is the result and the evidence of a life lived with you and a life lived in the holy spirit and so lord we ask you to give us the trust and to let us follow you so that this may grow in us and we ask all of this because we have a savior who lived out every single bit of it and then overcame death and was resurrected again in the name of jesus we pray all of this and the church said amen